0: Action Park Media.
1: Alright, welcome to Victory, the podcast. I'm Doug Ellen. I'm Kevin Connolly, and what are we doing? We're waiting for the guys from the west side.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know McGinley's gonna be very close to on time, but Dylan already sent a message that right. traffic... Is, uh, is bad. So yeah. we'll
1: catch up on some stuff. But we got John C. McGinley. I mean, legend. Yeah, a legend. A really like a guy
2: that I have watched since before I was in this business right. going, I want to work with people like this. And we got to work with him on Ramble On and uh, it's pretty awesome. And, He's just a beast. And and let's talk about a couple of things. Apparently um, your Mar Vista hockey league is getting worse by the second.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. We got, uh, we got killed again, dude. Honestly, <laughs> I, I I don't think I can do it. Scotty. I know Scotty's is really sad about it, but I think I'm going to have to put myself on waivers. <laughs> I'm going to have to go down to the division. I can't.
2: Do you think Scotty's really sad about you going on waivers, or does he I, want to improve know, the Scotty, team anyway? Uh,
1: Scotty want no. I think Scotty wants me on the team, obviously, because we we work together, we're friends, we have fun. But like, I, just, I mean,
2: I have fun with Sarah Sanderson. I don't want to run my pickleball team not right. yet, not until yeah, she a, improves. That's a, yeah. that's a fair statement. That's yeah. <laughs> a fair statement. No, listen, it's I'm I'm being serious. I'm this is depressing me. It's hard. You're to s- at, no, because you're kind of um, defeated. You, whereas, I feel defeated right yeah, now? Yeah. <laughs> two weeks ago, you were talking about like, oh, I just need to get my legs under me. I got to get into playing
1: <laughs> shape. You know, it kind of. Like Luka Doncic was fat when the season started, All and then he's things. dominating. All and after things. he loses a couple of pounds, so you know the, what? We played a legitimate. So, so there's there's the silver league, <laughs> which is like the middle league. <laughs> oh, that's and, not for old people. The no, silver league, and <laughs> then the, and then the gold league okay. is like the best like league. Seniors. So what happened was there wasn't enough teams, so they had to merge the silver and gold. Oh. Okay, so. I'm good enough to to, to compete and contribute in silver, I believe. You don't belong in gold. I I don't belong in gold and then and on last game we played like a legitimate gold team. <laughs> and it was it was really um it was disheartening. I mean, not me. for
2: nothing, but you're 48 years old this also. I mean,
1: like I know Chris Chelios and Tom Brady played at that age, right. but, uh, but it just they just just these guys and 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 Scotty could I could feel Scotty Scotty's behind me. I can feel Scotty rolling his eyes. These guys were just better. I mean, how about this? Just to put it into perspective. So, we already complained about the nine o'clock start. It's late. It's, it's late. Like pass your bedtime. I'm a, normally, yeah. I'm a definitely in bed at nine o'clock. Right. So, Two it's whiskeys. nine o'clock in Mar Vista. These guys come out and they beat us 10 4 on a nine o'clock game. This team stays and has a full practice after beating us 10 4. They all stayed there, to practice. <laughs> I mean, all. it's like, Come on, we're never. I'm never going to be able to. I'm, I'm just. I can't. But
2: I got to tell you, like a week ago, you kind of had that attitude that we can practice our way into
1: shape and get in this. But
2: listen, at the end of the day, skill and age or skill and age. How old is the average age? It's of these not guys? even. Honestly,
1: it's it's not even like an age thing at this point. It's just a skill set thing. Right. I mean, there was a couple of guys that played like college s- hockey, pro hockey. Like I mean, that's some, ridiculous. I mean, I, like I don't know what the BCHL is or whatever. So it's called. what happened
2: to Sean Avery? New York Rangers, twelve-year NHL career. We right? could use Great Action Park Media podcast. He was supposed to play. What what happened?
1: Well, I don't know if you saw, I mean, I, I know I posted the clip, but you know, Avery had that big dust up at his, uh, the
2: ice hockey Yeah, rink. So was, let, let's get into that. Avery, by the way, who has a great podcast here at, at Comedy no studio and is funny as shit because I got to meet him yesterday, but tell me about this. I know this game forever. The Michael Rotenberg, who's a big manager and a great guy, Andrew Form, who produced Rotenberg, Kissing a Fool. Bruckheimer. He was an early guy in that right. game. Togman Dillo produced Kissing a Fool. They played in that hockey game with a lot of celebrities. I know Rob Lowe played in that game for years. I don't know if he's still does.
1: It's a very... Friendly, but yet spirited. People try; game. they want to play. Of course, people want to. Of course, people right. want to play. But at the end of the day, you are playing with people of all skills and levels. Right. So
2: Avery, NHL player, is in this game, and then what? But happens?
1: Avery goes out there, and Avery likes to contribute to the other guys. He yeah, wants. He to wants to, get, to be a playmaker.
2: He, and he wants to be a playmaker.
1: He wants Rotenberg scoring a couple goals. He wants everybody. So Avery's, you know, goes out there with like, let's get everybody involved, do this and that. And and this apparently, this kid shows up, and you know, he's big, and guys like six four or and he's like played like some level of college hockey or whatever. And apparently the guy, I guess he, uh, I guess in the, pre- the previous week, he took a slap shot at, at the goalie's mask in practice, which is like a big no-no. When right. you can really shoot, yeah. when you're warming up, you don't you don't fire the puck at the goalie's head. So there was an incident where they all had to kind <laughs> right. of tell this guy to chill the fuck out. Right. And the guy was like, what did you, he's wearing a mask. Right. Which anybody that knows anything, it's like, you know, he, Avery gave a few references, like you try to do that to Dominic Hasek and he'll kill you <laughs> with a stick. He will cut you in half with it. Curtis Joseph, Cujo will kill you. It's like the unwritten rule. You don't take big shots at the goalie's head in practice. So there was that incident. The following week, the guy um, in a pickup game after he, like, skates through everybody, he's 22, 6'4".
2: By the way, whose game it is?
1: Michael Rodenberg great guy, but he's probably yeah, but, 60. Right, but there's a bunch of those guys out yeah. there. And the whole point is, like, you know, you have to keep that kind of in check. It's not a league. He's
2: dominating. He's doing stuff like Peyton Manning in that commercial with the kids. Like, <laughs> right. he's, he's, like, just <laughs> it, dominating, it was embarrassing people. And
1: then he, he's embarrassing people. And then he skates by Avery's team's bench, and he pulls his glove off, and he sticks four <laughs> fingers out, like, how many goals he scored. <laughs> it's holds insane. up four fingers. So Avery skates up behind the guy and just gives him a, a spear like right behind not even a spear he tapped him in like the back part of his Yeah. Knee. when you
2: got a straight leg I mean Sarah Sarah thinks it's funny to do that to me sometimes right
1: you, But when you, you go down when Sean says like again that's a hockey common sense like if you're standing straight up and somebody hits you there it's not easy to knock you down so Avery yeah. and the kid goes tumbling the guy wants to fight Avery in the parking lot long story short Avery gets a letter that basically he's banned from any AEG sheet of ice
2: so this this six foot from, four kid is apparently somebody who had some connections or just I guess people he's saw connect, the incident he's connected to somebody it wasn't like he uh he hit him in the face with a stick. No. I mean, he knocked I mean, him if down that were, in full if pads. If that
1: were you or I, it, this is a non-conversation. Maybe it's eye rolls and some bad words exchanged. So Sean
2: Avery has no ice in LA, which actually is good for the roller hockey team because he's not banned from the roller hockey rinks.
1: <laughs> right. For, but for a second, we were afraid that there was some affiliation with Mar Vista and AEG. <laughs> we imagined <laughs> if Avery was banned from our Mar Vista roller hockey league. But yeah, currently Sean Avery is banned from every uh, sheet of ice. <laughs>
2: and, and, uh, and he was saying area. yesterday they're banning his two year old, or they're
1: banning Sean from showing well, up. Well, Sean him. has made it that. Sean is saying, Well, now this affects my son, so now I have to respond because now they're trying to shut down him. doesn't Nash. he respond? How's he going to respond? He, he doesn't know yet. He hasn't <laughs> decided. He's still, he's still, he's a really that funny guy.
2: And I'll tell you, we're, we're doing some like a half a day of additional photography on Ramble On, which it'd I, be great to get over here. I Ramblin. can't be more excited about it. I have no idea if Sean can act. I know he's the guy that I wrote for this little thing right. and I know he's funny as shit. So if he could just be himself it might you know, it would be, a, he's it would ca- be funny. It would be very funny. And he's got the right look and he's got again. check out his podcast, but he's got a funny voice, but also you got to watch this video and we'll, we'll post it with this social clip. Yeah. It's so him crazy. showing up behind this
1: guy and just putting it down. <laughs> and especially with his commentary, how it was uh, going down, you know, for all the hate that Avery gets like the, the pickup hockey or the hockey community agrees, apparently agrees with them just like a hundred percent. Oh yeah, just one hundred percent that like what the, the guy, guy in the head, but yeah. also that what the kid did is like so crazy. Yeah. It's so far out of bounds yeah. to you know the visor up <laughs> and to hold up a four. At a, like, <laughs> like
2: like you scored four goals. And was in a there anything game? going on during this game that was like
1: scrappy that would make him no, like be I trying to think stick so. it in people's I think, face? I think it's a good break a sweat, play some hockey, skate, get a good skate in. But it's fun and competitive and spirited. But this went straight to the top. It was Avery. Avery's got a, uh, some conspiracy going. He thinks that Luke Robitaille and all these people that are involved, which now I don't, don't know.
2: Like Luke Robitaille doesn't like him from his the, NHL they, days? What, or?
1: what was told came back to Avery that everybody has weighed in. And I'm using uh, quotes. Everybody has weighed in. And Avery said, what is that supposed to mean? Well, Luke and like apparently the, oh, the Kings and the higher ups. the kid the was the not hurt ups. at all. No. In
2: fact, he wanted to fight Avery in the parking he lot said, after. Uh, yeah but didn't show up for it but i'm saying it's not like he hurt anybody or did something really dangerous i mean
1: if you, if you you push someone down like that in the knee i mean I suppose they like could. Like I said, hit if you head, did but that or if I did that, I, I, again, if it's anybody but Avery, he's just a victim of his own right. sort of right. personality and reputation.
2: Well, but, hopefully he can get back on, but then.
1: But then know. we got to get him on. I mean, you know, honestly, we need him on the hockey but team. But, Scotty, Scotty, give a
2: real answer on this.
1: I'm not going to quit because I'm not a quitter, but the last defeat was demoralizing. I, I got to say this. Scotty, it's very
2: important right now for the sake of Action Park Media, for the sake of the ramble on I don't like his tone. This is, I don't know this Kevin Connolly. This is like, you want to know what bothers me This is me like most? Roberto Duran, no mas. Uh, I mean, the, by the way, yeah, uh, th- listen to me, no mas. <laughs> but, okay, but that's fine. But I don't want you, I want you to be like, because listen, I, I ran a basketball game for almost a decade. And the game, first of all, I was getting older. Second of all, the game was getting better. They were bringing in, all of a sudden there's like division three, six, five animals, like on the court. And I said the game's just outgrown me. I'm just not good enough. I wasn't sad about it. I'm just like I'm not good enough for this group, and I'm not even having fun anymore. So I will step away. You, I don't want you to feel sad. About- the guy is Scotty's 25 years old. He played college
1: hockey. I mean, it's like well, Scotty's not 25. How old is he? Not- listen, I'm saying that it's not. An, for, and the other thing too, that's funny. I got new wheels, and I tell Scotty, <laughs> "Oh, well, bro, wait, do you see me on these new wheels?" I w- WD 40. The wheels are spinning. That did nothing. You do not listen have- to me though, because I saw it on Shark Tank with Mark Cuban. The square wheels is I the know, stupidest thing i ever The guy invented about. a new wheel
2: that's square. Watch it on Shark Tank. <laughs> Apparently it's faster. I, it would be that's amazing. That's exactly though, what I need. If Conley there. got out there with a square wheel and all of a sudden he just started dominating, it would be amazing. Meanwhile,
1: Scotty still thinks he's going to win the scoring title.
2: How, I mean, I where, was, where is he after two games? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Not even a streak. Well, well, He's theoretic- not even gonna theoretic- like score a point. Theoretically in
1: every game. theoretically the season hasn't really started yet. It's just the exhibition games. But I'm just saying, like the last that last team that we played was a real gold team. Right. And unless we pick up a ringer or two, I just don't see how we compete. I'll be there. I'll play I know, but artist. I think
2: I think maybe you get there, and you're more of a, you know, you're more of like the cheerleader of the team. Well, you know, well, you don't yeah, need to be I, on I the like ice. To. I don't. I, think. We have
1: this one guy on our team, and I I hope he's listening because I don't have the heart to say it to his face because he's a nice guy. But you know, <laughs> we I know we don't like to curse on, on 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 Victory the podcast, but this guy that we that is on our team that none of us know, all he does is pardon my language, suck the other team's dick. We're getting killed, and I got to listen to a guy on my own team talk about how great the other team is. Like, we're getting blown out. Oh, don't worry. These guys are awesome. <laughs> These guys are great. Like, don't worry about it. It's fine. These guys are really good. He, he does it like it's like an SNL sketch. Yeah. How you bad? I'm like, dude, why are you on their team? You know why? Because nobody else wants you. So they stuck you on our team. It's funny because I, I mean, you and I are very similar because
2: we are extremely competitive and everybody can say whatever they want. There's a reason that Marty Fish got mad at me because I, I told a guy who is my athleticism next to Marty Fish is like uh, my singing voice next to Celine Dion. That's right. how much better of an athlete he is than me. That being said, on a doubles pickleball court at that time, I don't care what anyone on the planet Earth said, I was better than him. He's got to go to the net. He's got to go to the fucking net. Get your net. ass to that. But my point is, and, and all my guys will tell you, McNasty and fucking Julio and Wes, whatever it is, they could all laugh at me behind my back. But when I'm on the court, unless I know that there is no physical way that I can top these people, I am just as mad losing a game to people that I think I can beat as if it was the Stanley cup game seven. That's how competitive I get with this. And I don't care. And weirdly enough, I'm driving down the street an hour ago and a guy, I, don't, I think you were on the live Instagram with me. A guy got on live Instagram, like a couple of weeks ago. I think you were on and uh, started talking shit about ping pong. So he just drove by me two minutes ago before I walked in here. He was like, dog. I'm like, yeah, he goes, I G live. I'm the ping pong guy. I'm going <laughs> to beat your ass, etc., etc., et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. which is funny. But When I play, which is similar to Wahlberg and, uh, you know, like I gave Mark and Gronkowski very bad beatings in ping pong. Mark got really pissed because he's got that same fire. And, you know, what he said to me at the time was. Um, give me three weeks with your ping pong instructor because that's how people try to degrade you. It's fine if you get a golf coach, but if you get like a pro to play ping pong with you, you're, you're insinuation nerd, you're a loser. that you had,
1: took ping pong lessons.
2: But I did. I'm, right. There's no insinuation. I had. A, I don't know about lessons. I had a p- professional during uh, uh, entourage come to the office. It, first of all, it was relaxing. Second of all, I was excellent. Well, and you I got
1: was, long arms. You're faster. You're coordinated. That's for sure. No, I'm saying, the long arms, like it says. So, well, like, I mean, I think I, mean, I think that Kobe good, had short arms. I mean, I'm, what, I'm like, saying what, you have good ping pong arms. That's all I'm saying. I'm it, You have naturally
2: gifted ping pong. Arms. I have all of the skills that would make a good ping pong player, which is good hand-eye coordination, good footwork. And, and again, laugh all you footwork. want. footwork. Yeah. Ping pong. Watch professional ping pong. It's like boxing. You, you're in a small space. And if you don't have good footwork, you will get destroyed. It's just that simple. I don't I'm talking, check out the I am talking <laughs> dripping sweat. But anyway, when I play with Mark, and I love Mark to death, but like I was beating him pretty bad. And he said the thing about the, the, the instructor. The, and I said. Uh, he said, "Give me three weeks with your instructor," and I, and I said, "I'll give you a lifetime with my
1: instructor. You'll never beat me." And he threw his racket I mean, almost hit me in the head. True story. So, um, listen. I, I the, pro, the point is that when we played in the <laughs> last couple of games in the southern league, I felt like I could get there, but after these last couple games, I just don't know that I'm ever going to get there. All so, right,
2: but but I'll I play. Want you. It's sort of what I say in, in pickleball now. And again, I'm 54 years old. I was never a high level tennis player, but I was okay. But there are guys now. Their level has gotten so good. They're so athletic and they're so much younger than me. Whereas I swear to God, two years ago, there was none of these guys that I played with was was I like I can I can beat them now? There's guys that I know they've gotten so good. I'm not depressed about that though because it is what it is. So I think you you have to get in, in the right level for you and right. then you'll have a great time instead of coming to the office like a fucking victim and being all the I can't the look at this like this.
1: This is embarrassing. I mean, yeah, I'm sad, bro. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was disheartening, and then it, and then they I'll say it there. Fucking nerds They stayed <laughs> in practice after they blew us up. Wait, hold on a their- second. Hold on
2: a second. The day after your first loss, you did not focus on work. You did not focus on our show. You focused on going to practice, and that Scotty was, actually was, showed up there like it was going to be some great no, that Bad a, News bear that story. Was,
1: that was a pickup skate don't, after work. Don't These shame them for practicing at 9 after game. And after they beat us like that, they stayed in a full practice at 10 o'clock at I night. love it. I Nerds. love it. If I could Nerds. find
2: someone to train me and pick a ball at midnight, I'd be doing it every single night. I, I guess. Mean, and I'm really excited that we got one of my favorite actors into the show and now onto the podcast. And he's, they're here. He's also going to be on Ramble On, so download both, but uh, John C. McGinley, we'll, when we come back. We'll be back with John McGinley
1: and His Highness, Kevin Dillon. Exciting. I mean, special we're special guests. It's not often we get real, real actors on the show.
2: Wow, you, you cut me deep, bro. Yeah, cut me deep. <laughs> and a, an actor that you worked with in the past and now yes. in the present. So anyway, there's no real reason to go into this. John McGinley, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, you guys. No, me it's, see, it's my man man. Needs, this man
1: needs no introduction. Oh, yeah.
2: You know, you guys did Platoon 35 something years and we ago. We haven't together. aged a bit. Yeah. No, you, we? you actually <laughs> do both look great. Not a bit. But Not I want, bit. want to get into a little bit about how, you know, that experience was. And then, you know, obviously uh, we had a short run on this ramble-on show. It was only a day for you and three for Dylan, but I want to know. Uh, I just, did more than three. Did you?
1: Yeah. It's gonna stop! Stop! How dare you? Short like that. Well, I'm out, out of here, done. man.
2: I think he did three or
0: four times. No, no, no. Well,
2: well, anyway, so can you guys give give us a little color on on what the Platoon, one of the great war movies of all time? Oliver Stone, Johnny Depp, um, Berringer.
1: I mean, just, just uh, it just goes uh, on and on. Can I ask Can I ask uh, Mister McGinley a question first? Where were about Platoon? Where were you career wise when you get that role? Was that like the role, or where where were you coming up to that?
3: I was doing, uh, I was cast as Laertes understudy over at the public in a Kevin Klein hamlet, which I had to step out of. Um, I was doing, I was guaranteed one and a half days a week on Another World out in Brooklyn. And the funny thing about going out to Brooklyn for Another World, I lived in the Nutironi Ch- Funeral Parlor, 177 Sullivan Street. It's a five story walk up where Cher in Moonstruck, that's where we see her go to work one time. Wow. And so. I'm, the funny thing about another world is that when you went out there, a a, a sedan picked you up, a teamster picked you up, and when you were wrapped, they gave you a subway token. Wow. <laughs> which was so put you in the right spot. It was like, once we don't need you, you're gone. That is a
1: sign of things to come. We kind of did that on Ramble on to you actor. as well.
0: I, I remember when we, we went to Beaufort, South Carolina for Berenger's wedding. Oh, right. And you got recognized by everyone down Ned. there from Another World. He was big in Another World. They love that down south, oh, wow. I guess. And
2: this was. was after Platoon shot?
3: or this No, that's after what I had. Platoon, yeah. But I had another world before we went to the Philippines, and so that was the minimum you'd make on Another World was eight fifty a day. That's what you make pretty close. That was the minimum on Broadway. So I'd already just come off doing um, uh, Requiem for a Heavyweight with Johnny Lithgow and George Siegel, and we wow. did. Uh, we toured for a month in three cities: Dallas, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, and then we came up uh, and we previewed for two weeks and closed in two days. Oh, wow. wow and John funny. was unbelievable. John got nominated for a Tony, so did George, so did David Proval. And the ensemble was most of the Italian-American actors who would go on to be in The Sopranos. That's
2: unbelievable. Wow. And wow. George Siegel was on Entourage, played Murray Berenson, who Connolly had the some feelings with. I mean, yeah. one of the one of the nicest people I've ever worked Fact. with. And obviously, incredible actor. But he was great in Requiem. So, but John, you're at this point, you're 24, 25 years old? 1985, so I was 25. So you, so Connolly, kind of threw me off now because I was going to do this on the Ramble On podcast, which I'm going to keep John around for. But now we're getting into more of a deep dive into your career, which I yeah, like. But curious. but w- were you? Where was the struggle? I mean, I know that's not great money, but you're already working with some of these incredible actors, and you're getting this amazing movie. Although Platoon, I, I wonder if. Was anyone certain that it was going to be something special? Yeah, that's a question
1: for both of you guys. Did you guys know that it was going to be, or was it just like, oh. Like I told you
0: guys, I do remember Behringer going, hey, this is, breathe in, guys. Take this in, because this is as good as it gets. Yeah, I remember him saying on that. On set. And, and, and me of, and John and Barringer, we were like the three of us would hang out every day. We'd meet at the bar after absolutely.
1: work. Absolutely. But script-wise and, and, oh, God, that's a terrible word, you know, buzz-wise in terms of the industry where your agents was just like, guys, this is fucking big. This is Oliver Stone. He's this new guy. No. He had already like written that. Salvador. Yes. yes. Yeah, he, he, saw, already, he already won an Oscar saw, for Midnight John, Express. you went to the screening, oh,
0: right. right? We went to the screening of Salvador. I yes. did anyway. Incredible movie, like, by the way. When I <laughs> saw that, I was like, this going to be good. Yeah. We got a yeah, great director but, here. But
3: right? all the indicators were bad. When we got back, the big hit was Top Gun. And we hadn't shot Top Gun. We right. shot a, yeah. a relationship about men going and, and, and taking care of each other in war. And, and Oliver kind of ripped that thing from his sternum. And we got back and Top Gun was the, the Reagan era mechanical war. And I was like, we're fucked. And I think it's hard for people to remember back then. Platoon,
2: unless I'm missing something, was by far the most realistic war movie. Certainly, Vietnam movie ever made. Still
3: is. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. But these guys did a good job with Hamburger Hill. Yeah, they've definitely mm-hmm. come. Hamburger
1: Hill and Full Metal. Ja- I mean, uh, Full Metal Jacket. There were good ones, but this was a specific. This was like draft. Because Oliver go, Sch-
3: Oliver right. did two tours over there. He was teaching English at the American School in Saigon, and he felt like he wasn't contributing. He wasn't moving the needle at all. So he enlisted. So he was an infantryman. So that's why I say when he tore it out of his sternum, he, he did. Yeah. Wow. And, and so when you're on this set, was there a point
2: when you started going, we got something special here? Or still, you just like, ah, did you know you got Johnny Depp's going to be this giant movie star? Beringer's going to. No. Did he get an Oscar nomination? or
3: Yes. Yeah. Both him and Willem. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Willem, like we're forgetting Willem. And I think, I, mean, I think Michael won for Hannah and
0: her sisters. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I think we all knew we were making a great film. We just didn't know that it was going to be as big as it was. 100%. And
2: you're in the Philippines. You So you're coming off, and, and forgive me that I'm trying to uh, get your chronology, even though I know your work so well. You really haven't done anything in a production like this, or even no, close to this. No, I was
3: third guy on the left in an Alan Alden movie called Sweet Liberty, where we shot out in the Hamptons. It was a great gig. I like Sweet Liberty. Um, all these great actors, Michelle and Bob Hoskins and Michael and Alan, and all these great actors. And uh, But that was just, I, I was third guy on the left.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I, always, I always thought it was interesting that Platoon, Oliver shot it chronological. So when you died- As, as close yeah. as possible. As, pos- as close, yeah. within reasonably possible. So when you died, you were then gone, right? So as soon as it was going to be like, yeah, we lose Dylan next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's- yeah, but
0: Kevin and
3: I make it all the way to
0: the end. Yeah, yeah we, we make by it pretty the time, far. We by the to, time-
3: You make it to the end. I do get killed yeah, but during right, the Tet
0: Offenses. S- Shooting-wise, <laughs>
3: right, almost right to the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, what became strange is because the president, who was a woman named Cory Aquino, a woman in a yellow dress, that was her trademark, she had won a free and fair election and the president said, I'm not leaving. And so when he finally got political asylum from Reagan in Hawaii and his wife's shoes became the the stuff of <laughs> late night <laughs> fodder, uh, she never had... Uh, General Ramos, who was in charge of the army, she never had the army in her back pocket. So every Thursday, I remember, like it was yesterday, there was a threatened coup, and we would have been great uh, people to take, take. hostage. Yeah, yeah, of course, perfect. Yeah. Great Dillon, collateral. Dylan would
0: be a great hostage. Great collateral. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, my mom didn't want me to go over there. There was tanks rolling down the streets. For sure, it was like crazy. So, for sure uh, why were you th- why and a you lot were of there? actors pulled out because of it why yeah. while you were they there moved. did yeah. you have some fears about this aside from
2: oliver <laughs> were there were there things you were scared yeah,
0: of a, a fear of dying i mean it was like there and was you went to a
1: war-torn no but comes, i mean 100%. while
3: you were there did you feel that sense of like absolutely this is uh, yeah, yeah yeah there was like there see, were 13 year saw, olds walking around with ak's right yes. here just walk when we moved back into manila we were in a in a in a resort that Uh, Marco set up for visiting people called Porto Porto Azul, Azul. which was beautiful. And it was a complete island in all the squalor. Once you left, it was sheets of Quonset huts that functioned as lean-tos for people's domiciles. It looked fake. The poverty was so profound. Um, And we'd come back to Porto Azul, which was incredible. Uh, But once you left that property, it was poverty. And we finally, for the last couple of weeks, while Kev and I were there, we moved back into a hotel called the Manila Gardens mm-hmm. in Manila, and that's where you see uh, the, these young kids walking around with AKs. Yeah,
2: kids. It is scary. And, and so, John, you, uh, Kevin, uh, we'll talk about you a little bit, but you can't. You're doing Hamlet with Kevin Klein's playing Hamlet, and you're really you're a theater guy, right? So then you get on this set, which I remember. I I honestly remember the first time I saw you because I think. That's the first time you registered to me, not in Sweet Liberty. but uh, And um, you just felt like one of these guys that was comfortable in that world and, and felt like a real soldier. I mean, did, did, you, did you have any experience with weapons or any of that stuff before the
3: movie? No, but I had been on that movie for the better part of 10 months as it get, kept getting pushed mm. by revolutions yeah. and other things. Me too. I was part of that early cast. And so you. I had to drop out of Hamlet because we were supposed to go eight months ago and oliver said to mckinley you have to pull out because i need you and so i did i went to see mr pap who was like johnny friendly and on the waterfront i mean you would never cross him if you got in that fraternity slash sorority the new york shakespeare festival you stayed right, right. and i didn't want to cry. i didn't want to burn that bridge and if he said if you go to the uh, philippines you'll never work here again i wouldn't have gone i could tell you that for what a did fact. he say He said, Mac, we're going to do Hamlet again. When you come back, we'll do it again. And you won't be the understudy next time. And I was like, I started crying. I couldn't believe it. It was like going to see The Wizard of Oz. I mean, he was, Joe Papp was it. Right. And I was in. I got into the fraternity. Right. And uh, as soon as I uh, left the play, we got postponed for six months. And then it all comes together even more because Dale Dye, who was
2: on Entourage, who Kevin Connolly trained with on a pilot that he did, that he tortured Connolly. What was it, Dale Dai is a real war veteran and, yeah. and is just a master,
3: what, what was he like on platoon? He's great, he's one of those people who great at his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's great at his job, and since he was, we called him Dai Wee, which means commandant in, um, in Tagalog, I think it's in Tagalog, uh, which is the language of the Philippines. I thought it,
0: I thought it was Vietnamese actually. Gary. Okay, the yeah. Vietnamese,
3: yeah. and uh, he was Dai we, and yeah. he's who you wanted to be in charge. He's a leader of men, right. and he's good at his job. Yeah. And
1: it's like me. I'm a leader of men, Did great? Uh, no, but people got, people go got hurt, hurt in boot camp. That's <laughs> how no, McGinley ignored that. But yeah. <laughs> Willem
3: dropped a knife in his foot. He had to be me- uh Or no, uh, Tom dropped a knife in his foot. Yeah. Willem uh, drank out of a war- the, uh, stream, which is called a blue on a map. And it turns out there was a, a desiccating uh, oxen about Jesus. a quarter mile upstream. <laughs> and he drank it. He had to be medevaced. <laughs> Uh, a couple guys dropped from like heat exhaustion. It was guys really dropped, yeah. hot out there, and if you
0: don't what's have a, enough water,
2: what's know. a young twenty-something-year-old Kevin Dillon like?
0: I was actually eighteen, good oh to go. My God, beautiful God. and good to go. <laughs> maybe like, nineteen. Maybe was 19. he fun? Yeah, we were game for anything. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I because my character loved being there. Right. I kind of <laughs> I took on that role, and I just loved you know the whole experience of the training. You know, we did two weeks of jungle warfare training. That was very intense. It was heaven. Sleeping in foxholes and did, yeah, did I, you, I loved it, man. I did I too. Back on it, it as some of the best times of my life. Did wow. you think
1: that it was your weepy and whiny demeanor that led Oliver to cast <laughs> McGinley in Wall Street? And leave, how close <laughs> were you to Wall Street? Did you read for Wall Street? No, no. You could have been. You should have been in Wall Street. I should have been Damn. in Wall Street. That's crazy. I mean, McGinley is. I, in, should, I should be in everything, really. I mean, you're
2: pretty much in every six, six or seven. Seven? Movies. No. Six. Six. That's crazy. So uh, how does that
1: Oh, Dylan's two? I was gonna say Dylan was one and yeah. done. Yeah, I'm okay, sorry. My bad. Two good ones. But what Dylan
2: but Dylan good. lied and said he could play the drums and begged Oliver. Please <laughs> come on, but done
3: six. <laughs> so Give me something. What I didn't lie movies. about my what, drumming. I'm what, not gonna lie. What Doors Stone you should watch
1: it. You did, you did platoon, uh, Talk Wall Radio Street. Wall
3: Street. Talk radio. I originated talk radio back at Joe with Joe Papp at the public. So he was good to his word. Right. And so I originated that with Eric. Uh, Bergoggin, who wrote that and starred in it, and and then and then uh, Nixon and any given Sunday Mm -hmm. and uh, and 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 uh, with Tom with the wheelchair, um... Born on the Fourth, Born Born on the Fourth, fourth, great movie. Quick
1: question: I I heard that um, there was some kind of a scheduling issue with Tom Cruise on Born on the Fourth of July, and Oliver said, "All right, well, let's go while we're waiting for Cruise. Go knock out Talk Radio." Is that true?
3: I don't know the answer, to that.
2: Yeah. I, so I think- what I can tell you, though, Talk Radio, there's been, like, three times in my entire life where I went to the movies one night and went back the second night, and Talk Radio was one of them. That was one of the most, like... When I The first time I saw that movie, and I I never saw Boghossian before that. He's and a force of nature. It was just unbelievable. unbelievable. And I actually wrote the, the part of... I don't I don't even know if you've seen Entourage, which I don't of care. Of course I did. But anyway, Andrew... Every episode. Andrew Klein was a character based on a good friend of mine, or, or the name. And I wrote it for Eric Boghossian and Gary Cole, who's amazing. The best. Flight we did Office Space Office together. Space,
1: which we have to talk about. We're so gonna, And
2: yeah. we're going to get Gary Cole on the podcast, by the way, because uh my buddy, my buddy ran into him. But Gary Cole... They call up, which I find so amazing for actors like you, and I have he's no like idea if you would do trained this. Though, but yeah. Gary Cole is just as good as they get, no and question. I I get this call from Sheila Jaffe, our casting director. She's like, Gary Cole wants to play the Eric Bagozian role, and I'm like, I mean, listen, it's it, it, Bagozian is Bagozian. He's a mess. He's this. He's that. And she's like he'll read. I'm like, I'm not making Gary Cole read with his great hair and his whole thing. There's no <laughs> way. And he came in and in 30 seconds, I'm like, I'll rewrite this. Like this guy's just that good. So, I mean, are you, But didn't used- he
1: also pick up the sides and say, yeah, let's read it. Didn't he do something like that? I mean, he, he kind of like just said, yeah, I was I'll, I'll
2: so awkward because I haven't had a lot of experience with getting like a guy like that. And I wasn't asking him to read because I love him and I could write 400 things 100%. for him. Just not this role. But he's like, I'll read, and I was so awkward in the room, and and I was sitting there, and I was like, just looking at him, like, like how great is this guy reading guy. I'm like, But I'm just like, he can't. Re- There's right. nothing he can do that's going to make me think that he's the guy I wrote. And he did, and I said, I'll change it. Like that's exactly hard, it man. Is. Yeah. He and and he killed it. Is that something? Because I know I know, Colleen. I'm a, it's, no, no, it's, it, I, well, I'm just not, not good at it. It's it's, it's, it's a t- It's a really hard thing. Are you comfortable to come in if you want to roll right now after all your accomplishments? Are you like, I'll read.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm really good at it. He's. He's. Yeah. He's he, automatic, bro. That by the way, he's, he's automatic. Is, he I, not, not, you not. can get
2: good at auditioning. I don't mean good though. Do you feel ever disrespected by that, or are you?
3: Or does that not enter the equation? No, not if it's somebody that that I really want to work with. Otherwise, right. no. Then I don't care. Then you can. Then I don't care because right. there's only about 115 movies to watch and. Six hundred episodes of television, so you could see the guys work. <laughs> right, um, right, 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 right. It's a pretty good sample size of McGinley shit that you yeah. can watch. Right, <laughs> um, but no, if 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 it's something I want to go to battle for, and yeah, I'll, I'll go after it
2: hard. And so, and, what was this relationship with Oliver like that he keeps casting you? Besides that, you're great. Did you have a
3: good personal relationship? I can only him? say this, and at the risk of sounding arrogant, I, I knew how to make his life easier on the set. I I could be a problem solver and uh help with other actors which which i teach all the time without stepping on their toes and i could just like i worked with uh lt on any given sunday that great monologue he has in the sauna scene that was amazing and i got him to where he was really good to go um when he talks about it and then the trade-off was he got to explain a cover two to me on the floor of the then orange bowl (laughs) so i had lt who i saw almost every one of his home games at the meadowlands explaining a cover two to me on the uh, floor of the old uh, Orange Bowl so
2: oh, when I was when wild. I was 14 years old I'm um, my brother's going to Carnegie Mellon and I'm in a uh, Great Marriott in Pittsburgh and um, I'm playing Asteroids and this guy walks in and and like comes and plays. I've told you this before, right? I don't know.
1: Played Asteroids
2: Lawrence Taylor? I'm an L.A. Rams fan from the movie Something for Joey and from Heaven Can Wait. That's how I decided to become a Rams fan, okay? So I got to wear whatever. So Bad, it's actually a, maybe 80. I'm trying to whatever year it was. No. So I'm in playing Asteroids. Guy comes over who's a big guy and he's like, hey, kid, can I, I swear to God, like out of the, the Mean the Joe mean Green Joe commercial, Green. <laughs> can, I play, can I play with you? And I'm like, uh, sure. You know, and then People told me the Giants are staying there. They're playing the Steelers in a preseason game. So I asked him for his autograph. And the only Taylor I knew on the Giants was Billy Taylor, 38. And he signed it LT Taylor, 56. And I was like, I I don't know who the hell this is. (laughs) is. That's fantastic. (laughs) And then four weeks later, you know, the season starts. And and I became a diehard Giant fan. And Lawrence Taylor...
0: Defensive player of all time, in my personal opinion, maybe the greatest That'd football player of all time.
2: And yeah, I agree. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. and and he followed me on Twitter like a couple years ago. <clears which throat> made me you very make happy. the case for wow. it for sure. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Oh. Connolly's going down. <laughs> no, do not, I have okay. to give you the Heimlich? <laughs> no, I don't. Do you know the Heimlich?
3: Sure. <laughs> 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 I knew McGinley would actually. He could just. I saved my out. father-in-law's life with it. Is that true? Wow, yes. Really?
2: In what kind of situation?
3: He was. We were at our at our dinner table at the house. He went to the bathroom, and we were calling in there for him because you know, whatever, it was a dis- disproportionate amount of time. And when I went there, he, w- he was doubled over and I just grabbed him. And I, I was, I was ready to break his ribs to dislodge it. And I thought I did because I was so scared and you know, that adrenaline hits in, and right. your father-in-law who I love, I was just like, I, I pulled that motherfucker and it disengaged whatever was in there.
2: It really makes us all think because I've like took the Heimlich when I had my kids, and I don't know it. And what an asshole you I'll feel you like Heimlich. if someone choked in front of you and you yeah. couldn't do it. And you are me when they broke the ribs. Remember uh, all in the family when uh, he I think he broke Sammy Davis Jr.'s ribs. Oh, oh, <laughs> Archie That's Bunker good. In, a, in a with a Heimlich <laughs> maneuver. So I forget exactly what happened, but uh, for t- anyone who's talk radio, is a movie that you should watch immediately. Though it's just incredible on any given Sunday. Is one too.
1: of the things about both Dylan and McGinley here is that they. They can do these these roles like platoon and and these things, and then they can take these comedic turns, right? So, Office Space. How does I mean? I just I could watch it over and mm-hmm. over and over and over again. It never gets old. That the the idea behind it never gets old. What what's that like? And do you know what that is? Because at that point, he did what Beavis and ButtHead, right? No, you know, I Mike he did that after, didn't he? I think Beavis and no, ButtHead. No, after- Beavis
3: and ButtHead was prior. Oh, was yeah. And so everybody who went into audition for this got a cartoon a rough rendering of Gary Cole's character in the movie. And so we all auditioned for Lumberg uh, and Gary got it, obviously. And so Mike called and said, do you want to play one of the downsizers? And I'm like, well, it's not on the page. He goes, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, well, I hate when people say that because that means you're just going to be on the cutting room floor. And he goes, no, no, we, we, you can do whatever you want. We shot in Austin and I went down there and he gave, uh, he put as much slack in the leash as he, he had promised. And it came out, it was all improv. Was the whole shoot. scene
1: was improv, wow. top really? They were
3: bare bones. Right. And the guy who's next to me, Paul Wilson, I think, uh, a Chicago improvisational guy, uh, was locked in. And what Dan you got to remember Cole, about so Do you improv remember the scene or, that he's talking about? Yeah, of course I do. Well, I've seen thing, that movie a hundred times. The thing about improv, which you have to remember, is that somebody can initiate and somebody can react. You can't have two reactors or two initiators. Mm-hmm. And Paul was uh, completely, I mean, that's just the structure of improv, if you're going to be able to repeat it and explore it. Because if somebody wants to initiate everything, then you get a can you top this, and improv sucks. Right. And so Paul, without unspoken, just was like, we just knew I was going to initiate. And he was kind of the reactor. And so when he said, when I go Naka, Naka, because I couldn't <laughs> think of the guy's name, and he goes, Naka, don't work here anymore. I was like, <laughs> oh, this guy's good. <laughs>
2: You know, Dylan, uh, when Larry David scene. did Entourage, he said no script, and Dylan went into a panic attack, but then Dylan crushed it with Larry David, and then Dylan didn't want me to write scripts anymore. He just wanted <laughs> to oh, man, g- it make it great up. As we just do it. It. Well, I Everything like improv. scripts better.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I do, too. And, and if and, you're not a big improv guy, you know, I don't blame Dylan. It's a a just your
0: home life becomes a lot better when it's improv. You don't have to study <laughs> your lines all night <laughs> oh, long. I like, just, I like getting them in
3: my skull. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I look when improv works, it's great, and, and you actually often can feel how much more alive and real it feels, even the best scripts. But at the end of the day, to me, full on, improv stuff usually is you're like, come on, tighten this up, it's tighten painful. that up. But yeah, it's always
1: the best in the freebie. Right. All right. Freebies yeah. up. Yes. Let it fly. Get it all out of your system right yeah. now. Right?
3: But that's because we already got the bones of the scene and takes two and three. And so now you can have one. Mm-hmm. And that's why way Oliver is. Oliver gives you. Oliver wants the way it is on the page because right. he wrote it, obviously. And then he wants Kev to bring his flavor. And he wants like I taught you how to find the seam of a beer can and bite it. I remember. teaching <laughs> Really? You Absolutely. Yeah. And Kev put that in the movie. Well, that's well, not, that's you not saw the page. me bite a can. And you were like. Let me show you how to do it without chipping your teeth. Help
0: me get it in there. Yeah,
3: well, those old cans used to all have a seam. And as soon as you see the seam... When you bite into it, you can rip it off really violently without taking your teeth out.
2: Dylan did one here uh, like last year to, sh- to yeah, remind us of uh, the scene from Platoon. St. Paddy's Day. St. Paddy's Day. day. It's St. Scary day. We, had, scary we, we did a podcast, John. We just drank a bottle of whiskey and did a podcast. It was pretty insane. Most
1: of it landed on the cutting the Did people get a little floor. sideways? Yeah. Did,
2: uh, did <laughs> yes. Sideways is uh, Conley. Conley got shit fixed. Let's call it like it is. That's We almost had a fist fight. I can handle
1: my boobs. But, Kevin, you said something interesting about Platoon. Kevin said, for all of the realism that was in Platoon, there was the one thing that didn't add up in Platoon was the beer can, right? Yes. What was it?
0: Because they were made of tin back then, not aluminum. In 19- you. So you couldn't have done that. And I told Oliver, I said, by the way, they, they were tin. He's like, I don't care. I want it in the movie. Because no, nobody, nobody will ever notice. Right. It's fantastic. And nobody ever questioned
3: it.
1: Right. That's pretty cool. It's
3: fantastic. Yeah.
1: And also, John, yeah. is it true? I've, and I've heard this from more than Kevin and working with Oliver, you know Oliver's a tough guy, right? Is he going to at some point test you? Do you have to stand up to well, Oliver at Oliver's some point? Oliver's not a
3: tough guy as much as he is in any room. You know that saying, "The smartest guy in the room." Right. Oliver is. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he knows what I tell actors with Oliver is that if you can, you know what a Kentucky Derby horse has those blinders. Uh, blinders on. Right. Well, if in that creative frequency band, if you can fit into Oliver's blinders, you're going to be in nirvana. Right. But if you want to function out here, he's going to crush you because it's his movie. It's not, it's not that much of a collaboration. He wrote it. He knows it backwards. He knows what he wants. He knows what's going in. And if you surprise him with some fabulous flavor, that's germane to this frequency band, uh, you win. But if you want to rewrite, uh, if you want to rewrite Shakespeare, which is Oliver's text, uh, you'll get crushed.
2: Right. Now, obviously, Oliver is—he's a genius who's made some of the best films of our time, but is he seems, you know, just a little nutty? Is there a recklessness on the set that you know that that's worrisome or no?
3: There wasn't on Platoon or Talk Radio. Uh, a we'll little talk bit of radio in the
0: studio. So
2: yeah, yeah.
3: we're, we're in Las Colinas down <laughs> yeah. in Dallas. That'd be hard if he if that was, you know, there's a little
1: bit of
0: craziness <laughs> on platoon. Yeah, I but mean, that, uh, not
3: much. Cause he, he, there were no day, he didn't have any days. The, what, the whole shoot was maybe 27, 28 days. That's crazy. I mean, it's uh, just nuts. And so yeah. you got to burn pages. Right. And we were and see the guys had- were, guys were hauling cameras, the actors, the ensemble, were hauling cameras to the set. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a non-union movie, and yeah. so uh, people were bringing mags. We had to go so deep
0: into the jungle, we were all carrying. It was all hands on deck. Yeah.
1: And is he an actor's director? Plus, if Guy We told you to
0: do
3: something, you did it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Captain says, do it, do it.
3: So was he, is he an actor's director? Was he? Some, sometimes. Yeah. Like on any given Sunday, there's a little bit of disengagement. Um, and you can see it. Right. You can feel it in the piece. I mean, parts of that film are great. Cameron's great in it. Uh, Al's great in it. Uh, Dennis is, I mean, there's a bunch of really great. He got fucked on that movie because <laughs> he got fucked on that movie because the the week before we went, um, somebody from the NFL, NFL properties finally read it and said, well, you can't use any of our logos. So if, I wondered about that. If a man, professional football team doesn't have on Green Bay green and yellow, you look like a Canadian football. It's team. so mm-hmm. weird because ballers just put a Dolphins uniform. In a I, know, I, I, I never, I've always I wondered how they did it. it.
1: It really hurt. And it I'm a there's the no film. bigger Oliver fan than me, and it it just really took me out of it. Yeah. Especially coming from Oliver. And we had, a, like, and
3: we where, had all the he, guys. We had the stunt coordinator of all the football movies. I, I forgot his name, but he's the best. And we had all these athletes, and the collisions were profound. And that wardrobe hiccup really uh, hurt.
1: Were you there with L O Cool J and Jamie Foxx? Didn't they get in, into a fistfight? Yeah, it was yeah. real. Did you know that? No. L. Cool. But I remember,
3: Oliver loves that shit. <laughs> right. So yeah. Yeah. he does. Yeah. When some of the African American guys uh, weren't down with some of the guys in platoon and uh, over in the Philippines, Oliver loves that shit. So what, he encouraged fighting. He, no, not encourages it, but he kind of seeds the landscape with. Um, uh, quicksand. Who'd you have there? Forrest? I mean, the, the cast is so crazy. Forrest Whitaker, David Keith. Uh, Keith,
0: David. Keith, David. Keith David.
2: Keith David, sorry. sorry, sorry. Both good uh, actors.
0: <laughs> <Johnny> <laughs> there Depp is a David def- Keith. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, it just goes yeah. on and on and on. I mean, it, it's it's a crazy cast. So so, were there any... Uh, I mean, we, we talk a little bit about one in, in Ramble on our, our pilot, but uh, were there any good battles in uh, Dylan fight? Anybody on the set? Of <laughs> I did. It?
0: Did you? Did fight? you? Uh, well, when we did the... Uh, I got to a, a little scrape of one of the marines that was training us really Wasn't oh, yeah. like enough get off my back these guys are kind of dickheads you know and they yeah, were, were giving us a hard time and uh yeah tell us Tim, what happened i can't really remember at some man. point i, I was been... so hammered on coconut <laughs> wine <laughs> I they got... call it coconut wine it was like 150 proof lambanog lambanog, lambanog while you're shooting or, while you're shooting you drink no right? no this this is after training
3: right this is right. after training i i was i got into a scrape with uh drew Uh, Rest Uh, in peace. Um, Another Marine who trained us. I sleep with my mouth open, and he was in my hooch with me. And a hooch was just something about the length of this table, which was just buried underground a little bit. And we were uh, one hour on, one hour off in these exercises at night where we were at listening posts. And uh, Drew would be asleep, and I'd be looking, and then I'd see what time it was and wake him up. And I sleep with my mouth open. So he took a water bug. Uh, oh, two no. water bugs, which are like, oh. they're like cockroaches, but they're big. They're like the size of your hand. And he took another one and they were copulating and he put it on my tongue <laughs> and I woke up. and I had spit it on my, on my, on my, uh, my fatigues and I saw what it was and I just went after him. And then we were broken up pretty quick. It was more like a wrestling match. But I was like, dude, what? And he, he a was a tough horrified. guy too. I'm he was horrified. the toughest tough one. Guy. Out of group. But he, so were you back
0: then? You were ripped. He yeah, was by a the tough way, guy. He's,
2: yeah. he's still ripped, but was he being funny or was he being
1: an asshole? He's being an asshole. Yeah. yeah. But it was in the name of like, I'm gonna toughen these guys up, right? I'm gonna toughen these actors up. I guess <laughs> they had that I attitude. It, for I sure. thought it was
3: more bullying shit, and I loathe bullies. Yeah. I like to bully bullies. He's a big guy McKinley.
0: Oh, yeah, and back then, I mean, you were just working out every day by the pool, doing your crunches. If you you
2: don't notice, John, he's trying to get somebody to say his shoulders are bigger than yours now because he's, you know, he's like, yeah, back then you were big. Kev's like mine. Kev looks good. Johnny's still got the shoulder. He's got a
0: barrel chest. Yeah, no, he's a
2: big big dude. Barrel chested. So, all right, well, let's get to, you know, we've talked about some of the greats you've worked with, Oliver Stone, Kevin Klein, Johnny Papp. No,
3: Kevin, I didn't get to work with Kevin. I had to pull out. That's right So you, but you rehearsed I'm yes.
2: sure Yeah I mean I, I love Kevin Clown so, so, I. so I, I would have loved To see him as Hamlet I, I always
1: wondered too. about The understudy thing Especially for a role like that That's yeah. so sick to So me. you're just like Sitting there like Alright everything looks good I mean he looks good He's ready to go And at the last minute He could not be going Boom you're out you're Yeah out but there. the
3: week before I got out of school So eight, spring <laughs> of 84 I got to understudy John Totoro Which would then go on For a year and a half In Danny in the Deep Blue Sea A play by John Shanley Who also won an Academy Award For Moonstruck Yeah and John had the, uh, Wally Pipp Lou Gehrig, uh, syndrome where he said he was just like, if I ever go down, uh, you're going to fill in for me and you're ne- you're never going to, I'm never going to go back on. Right. So I made up the actors and I was just ins- the assistant stage manager at uh, circle rep, excuse me, for almost, uh, six months before I got to go on, he finally went to do desperately seeking Susan with Madonna, which yeah. everybody in New York wanted to be in. Right. And I got to fill in for him for, uh, oh, uh, five shows for a were whole week. Were you a
0: nervous wreck, or I mean, when you finally no. get that call, you've been
3: waiting for so no, long. No, because I lived in a funeral parlor on Sullivan Street, right around the corner from the theater, and I had the keys to the theater. So I used to walk the play and do both parts for almost six by months. by yourself, by myself, because oh, my. I'd open up the theater <laughs> and I would walk the stage. It was a thrust stage, so because I got to were...
2: tell you, I think about that all the time with the understudy of oh, a play like
3: Hamlet. I mean.
1: Right. Do, do you get to rehearse with anybody I during just the saw week? I Hamlet. I mean, you have to do it. Right, you have to do it. Yes. you got to know it inside out. <laughs> but yeah. we
3: were, the, the, the fight director de jour, when we were doing Hamlet, was a guy named B.H. Barry. And so if you were going to do a, anything with any swords, B.H. would uh, choreograph it. And so I went through about a week of choreographing the fight at the end of the play with, with Laertes, and then I had to pull out. So I just got a little taste. Right. Um, and how, how do you compare, I mean... I can't imagine after doing
2: something as exciting as doing that on a stage that it's as fun to do a movie where it would cut, stop, this and that. What do, what do you like better? I don't have a preference.
3: Yeah. I mean, you still, someone calls action or the curtain goes up. You got you to gotta pick a verb and do something.
2: John's like a pro. That's I don't insane. feel like a He's fucking a pro. pro. I feel like a man. fucking idiot. I don't feel any don't of those nervous. things. <laughs> I really <laughs> don't. <laughs> I feel <laughs> nervous. Like, I'm nervous thinking about you doing Hamlet in 1984 when you haven't done it and yeah. getting a call. Oh, uh, uh, Klein slipped. You're <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, oh,
0: that's I mean, to like me, that to me. to me would scare the crap I mean, out what? of me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you are prepared Dylan, for Dylan, you're a game time guy. You
1: need a game day regimen. Right? You're not a filler. You're not. It's tough to be a filler. I think
0: I can do it. I mean, you you know, you're ready for it. You're prepared. Plus, you, you, got, know, you, you got your
3: in. entree into the the New York Shakespeare Festival. I was That's like, I'd, I'd mop your floor back then to get in the New York right. Shakespeare Festival. It's
2: about that passion, and you really got to – I mean, I just think the idea of sitting there on that stage and doing two and a half hours by yourself – for two parts. And then you're on the stage. What if you start doing the other part in the middle of the fucking play? I mean, it's nah, just. you would I mean, <laughs> I would.
1: I, 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 I over. <laughs> slip it in and out of Just like your Instagram personalities. I
3: mean, who am I right now? I over prepare to under deliver. I mean. You know, I, I really like to over prepare.
2: Well, I got to tell yeah. you. It was. I, I, we'll get to our pilot now because it was such a pleasure Having you on the set, and if the show goes and you're available and liked us, we we would love to have you back. It's obviously it was, you know, you worked uh, half a day or three quarters of a day, or it might have even been a full day. But talk about what what was it like getting back to Dylan and Charlie Sheen together? When was the last time you guys kind of hung out? Even like
3: like putting on like putting on a Rawlings broken in perfect outfielder's glove. It just because Kevin and I've done two together. We also did Midnight Clear. And uh, great movie. We've also. also remained friends over the years yeah. and played a lot of golf. Played a lot and of golf at Malibu Country Club, which is lo- no Kev longer there. Kevin also has uh, a child with special needs in his family, and uh, I'm very good friends with his brother, who has a child born with Down syndrome. Yeah. And he's been out to Denver with us, where we have a, a group called the Global Down Syndrome Foundation. Yeah. And so, I, and I know Matt for a long time, but Kevin and I have been friends for a long time. Yeah. And what I tell actors all the time is that the the lens. Is an x-ray machine. And all actors want to bring affectations and 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 either a lisp or a tick or something. I'm like, stop, stop. It's an x-ray machine. And so what Kev and Charlie and I went through uh reduces the profundity of the lie. And if you can reduce the profundity of I'm not Dr. Cox, I'm not, I'm not O'Neill and Platoon, but if you can reduce that a little bit and buy into it, the camera suffers that as really good acting. And so to be with Kev and play in your your guy's piece, the, there wasn't that much acting, uh, and, and you're you can, playing uh, yourself too. So right? yeah, that... but that's for your for in, in the context of between action and cut, you're still playing at yeah. something, yeah. right? Yeah. and f- to be with Charlie, who I love, and we did two back to back. We spent two years of our life together uh, in a really important time. Doing Platoon and Wall Street back to back was a big deal. Even in retrospect. yeah. Um, and Kev and I spending time around the planet, whether it was in the Philippines or in California or in Utah, yeah. um, you get impacted by that in a really positive way. And so when you call action, Kev knows I have his back. There's not, mm-hmm. Nothing's going to go wrong between action and co- I won't let it. And if he had a problem or Charlie had a problem, I would fix it with them. Mm-hmm. And they know that. And then all of a sudden that reads as camaraderie. And it's just because I won't, I will not let you fail. I just won't. Mm-hmm. I love it. And uh, Kevin, whether he knows it on uh, uh, at the tip of his tongue, he knows that. And Charlie knows it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love it. And we're going to get, you know, John's going to stay with us on the Ramble On podcast. We're going to
2: get him more into because we got into script. I mean, you, you, you helped with the script, and we talked in depth about characters that you were not even in scenes with you know so i think i think that's really interesting but uh, yeah it was
1: interesting john was there you know we rehearsed some scenes and he was kind of watching from afar um have you ever done any directing or have you thought no, but about i've produced, it? A co- Produce I've produced four
3: movies and a, t- a tv series right. and so i for my purposes having uh my hands on the purse uh, i can ha- i can handle somebody to do the 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 kind of action and cut but i'm gonna I've, I'm gonna micromanage in the have background. Have you not
2: wanted to direct, and not even an episode of Scrubs? You didn't want to go, just no. give it a shot. No. How, why, why is that?
3: Because it's Billy's piece, yeah. and uh, it's because it's Billy's piece, and rightfully so. Yeah. Just like right. Entourage was your piece. You you invented it. Yeah. And right. I'm sure you were input friendly for creative ideas, and but no, I wasn't. I'd rather produce something. Right.
2: Right. All right. Good. Well, I got yours. I got a script you sent me that I'm going to look at as soon as because we're going to do a little reshoot and, and really it's not based a reshoot, on shoot.
1: It's additional
2: photography. additional photography that uh, that honestly, difference. John's John's comments on the script. They've stuck with me and and we and, and there's not a problem. It's all there. But we we needed a little more bolstering of the of the character and at the beginning. So I think we'll get that. But Appreciate you coming on. You got it.
1: I really appreciate you coming. On. Thank you guys. You could break down this guy's career forever. Absolutely. You know? But um, um
2: he makes me feel very uh,
0: humble and
1: yeah. shitty and makes feel like feel on, what? Really, makes I don't feel, feel like, like a professional.
2: Us. I'm being serious. I really don't you guys are yeah. like
1: bush leaguers. I'm just like staring <laughs> down the corner. It's <laughs> like sitting here staring into the corner thinking, <laughs> where did it go wrong? I'm just thinking, like,
2: I'm trying to picture Connolly going, I'll come in and read for fucking. I know you I know you in Ray Fines, but I can fucking kill that thing. My attitude is more how
0: dare than make me read <laughs> Johnny's like I'll do it no problem I got this it's
2: a great way to be so, it's special but we're yeah, gonna have we're gonna yeah. have more with John uh, on the Ramblin' Podcast so check that out and uh, that wraps up oh no Dylan wants to talk about his movie coming up uh, yeah, so we yeah, can oh, oh,
0: I got to see Frank and Penelope a movie I did which is Really good, you guys. I you can't like wait. It? To see yeah. it. oh, yeah. I loved it, man. I loved it. Nice. Yeah. When are we really get to see cool. you're gonna see so it? You gonna show John? See if he liked it? Well, you're gonna have to wait. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be in in the Cannes Film Festival. I'll probably go out for that.
3: Oh, congratulations! And uh, yeah, I've That's, never been, to see, but
0: I just you know felt pretty good about it. Not what is lie. what is the film about? It's kind of a little bit of a thriller, not a horror, but a thriller. I think there is a difference between for those. sure, of course, sure. yeah. I mean, uh, there will be blood. I I guarantee that. <laughs>
2: Uh, Dylan can a, tell you about his really character
1: he didn't read the whole script he just told you about <laughs> his character oh, did back. some thriller type stuff Dylan used
2: to say that by the way I know John does this but Dylan used to say that that was his famous thing and I said what, what are you doing in this episode because he would just read his he, well I, I wouldn't read the <laughs> Ari
1: stuff always he wanted but, to but I am read all of our stuff because he wanted it to be a surprise when he saw it on TV No, <laughs>
0: yeah, my character wouldn't know what Ari was doing <laughs> it's so funny if my character knew what Ari was doing it might change what I'm doing
1: <laughs> if, if there was some uh, ripple effect to Yeah, uh, it could the be Johnny a rebel effect and it could change everything. Yeah, I want, to make, I want to keep it a surprise for Sunday night. I'm I gonna, think it's uh, great. Uh, That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, that wraps
2: up another episode of Victory, the podcast. Kevin Dillon might be missing for a couple of days. Maybe we'll try to get uh, McGinley uh, yeah. to replace a couple of weeks, him. Possibly. How a great weeks, of an understudy would McGinley be McGinley to McGinley Dillon? Oh, man.
0: I, I don't want a guy like him understudying for me. You know he's going to steal <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly.
1: Dillon's never coming back, back. So, so Dillon, listen. Yeah. Man, I wanted to talk to you. You know, your contract's been up for a minute. And we were thinking, no, man. John, thank you so much for coming in. what's What's
3: I'll say to Duval, you're out, Tom. You're out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> put them bright lights on, I shine on them. Put them bright lights on. Hey, put them bright lights on. This is my moment. Put them bright lights on. Let's go. Put them bright lights on, I shine on them. Put them bright lights on.